0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Who's Your Band Podcast. I am joined as always by my co-host Sean Morton. How are you, Sean? I'm
1: good, beautiful. How are you?
0: I'm good. Hey, listen, I got the chance to perform with uh Sean this past weekend. And uh Sean, the man, you were you were great. You really Oh, I know.
1: Great. I was I was fucking amazing. Let me just tell you, it was one of those nights.
0: Uh, yeah, you, you were the first comic up, and you know, it was, that show could have gone either way and you really broke it open. That was Tremendous.
1: I know. It was usually the first. I was the first comment because normally I'm the headliner, but you know, sometimes you gotta eat crow a little bit. You know what I mean?
0: Well, you're a very humble guy, so
1: yeah, but it was a great crowd. Yeah, they were it was fun. A great crowd. It was fun. As and... Chrissy's adjusting her underwear, that's hysterical. We have a
2: thong. <laughs> it's up my ass. Well, we,
1: we, well, we don't yeah. they, they don't
0: know who the guest is yet. Okay. Oh, yeah, don't give They'll it up. away. <laughs> so with that, let's introduce our guest for today. Uh we have uh, comedian, host of the Wet Spot uh, podcast, of Wet Spot sh- Wet Spot show on Compound Media, Chrissy Mayer. Hi. And from Extreme Comedy and uh, the Beer Man Beer Podcast, Mr. Johnny Benson. How are you guys? What's happening? Hey. Hey. So let's let's go with uh, let's start with Chrissy uh, today. Um, <laughs> Chrissy, <laughs>
2: uh, <laughs> you're gonna make fun of my band. I know it.
0: I'm not going to make, the, well, I hate your band, but we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. I, you have no idea how much I hate your band. Um, <laughs> but, I, but before we make fun of your band, uh, know what I do want to talk about is how fucking funny your impressions are. Holy shit. Oh, wow. Thanks. I, I saw you do Michelle Wolf at, I think it was at the knitting
2: factory. Yeah, yeah, that was like two years ago now. Oh, but that was spot
0: on, but even better. I mean, that was great, but even better. Funniest thing I saw in a long time, the Greta Thunberg uh, impression. Oh,
2: my God, that little <laughs> shit. Yeah, somebody Fuck had to do it. Thank you. that.
0: <laughs> that was, George, did you see that? Oh, God, yeah, it was great. That is so, so funny. So my question to you, have you always been into acting, or do you have, do you have uh, plans for future mm. acting endeavors?
2: i came from an uh, improv background which uh i spent like five years doing that and thousands did you of do dollars improv? the ucb and the magnet theater both in I, new york city i yeah.
0: did i did i did uh improv at the magnet too
2: well yeah i like the magnet better because they're not all like dick suckers and uh you know they actually like teach you more like acting skills whereas ucb is like Uber clicky, very one specific kind of improv, whereas like if that's not your thing and if you're not like a carbon copy of your teacher, then like you're not gonna progress, you're not gonna get plucked out for SNL, blah blah blah. But yeah, I uh I I learned a lot from it and a lot of transferable skills. It you know, it teaches you to be good on your feet, to be flexible like mentally and um kind of like work well with others and it gets you into your body, like in your physicality a little bit more. Um, and it helps you. I think it, it gives you a good foundation for things like impressions and voices and character work.
0: When you first started, is that what you wanted to do? Did you want to go into sketch, or did you want to go into stand up?
2: Uh, no, never wanted to go into stand up. I started improv. I think in the back of my mind, like I probably never had the confidence to say I wanted to be on SNL. But I feel like I would have been over the moon if if I was heading that way. And uh, I was like, was real intem- intimidated by stand up comics. I remember when I was an intern at Conan, uh, late night with Conan O'Brien back when he was still in the city. Liz Mealy was in my intern class, and she was, she had already been doing stand up like since she was 16, so like she'd been doing it for like a year or two already. And I was just like, blown away by that. And uh, we kind of kept in touch over the years, and after I finished. Uh, all those years of improv I did a one woman show which kind of felt more like acting and then after that I realized like okay I can try stand-up it seems less scary now and I knew Liz and I would go and just like see some stand-up here and there and and I'd be like okay well I can at least be like shitty you know because I would see not the best stand-up so it made it a little less intimidating
0: how about you guys have you guys ever done Johnny you guys ever done any uh, improv
3: yeah I started out that way too Really? Where'd you at, go? Uh, New Haven, Connecticut, at uh, New England Academy of Theater, mm-hmm. and I hated it. I hated. it. I wanted to get into stand up so bad, so I went that route, and uh, I-, I had fun for a while. But you know, just that passing the energy, all that bullshit, it just it got
1: old.
2: You don't. You don't like zip, Zab zap? No, <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I
3: never.
1: I never did improv. The second I went on stage doing stand up, I knew it was. It was magic. And it was yeah. amazing and I was fantastic. So I just figured why would I screw around perfection? I should just keep doing that.
2: Yeah. I think improv appeals a lot more to younger kids and like kids right out of college because they don't really know who they are yet. Um, and they while, they while they may have some strengths and be like theatric and like improv is full of theater nerds like where yeah. stand up it's like a more varied group of people. There's like parents, there's people with other jobs. It's like, there's more varied personalities. Whereas uh, improv, it's good, you're gonna have theater kids and like the one guy that's trying to improve his public speaking for work. Um, but it's mostly like ass kissing theater kids. So I think that's why it appeals to a younger group. Whereas like, when you know who you are and you're like a grown ass man or woman, it's like, then I think standup does appeal to you more.
3: Yeah. And and I was I, doing it in the 90s and every time you ask, oh, I need an object, someone yells out, oh, dildo. And I kind of just got old, you know.
0: <laughs> I, don't know. I I <laughs> did it because I wanted to get more comfortable on stage and Nate Bargatze actually suggested uh, taking an a, a, a improv class. and I did it at the Magnet and I really liked it and it got you more into the moment and get that side of your brain thinking where you're able to be uh, quicker and it just, I thought it really helped a lot with... Uh, with your your crowd work as well, and just like you know, sometimes it's like being able to see things in a different way. So I kind of I kind of liked improv. Sometimes um, I miss Chris, it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I wanted to ask you, Chrissy. You kind you um over the summer, you've had an interesting summer.
2: Yeah. And,
0: and the thing that I think was the most interesting about you this summer was the uh the the little bit of um, of heat that you wound up uh, get, uh, getting with the uh, the Christy Teigen uh, tweets, Woo, right?
2: got a lot of backlash from Christy Teigen and her followers, yeah. Oh, fuck
0: her. Fuck her. <laughs> um, I thought that, I, what, first question I wanted to ask you about that is, what made you go into, Christy Teigen's uh, account, you know, you know, for, for tweets, and noticed that she had like deleted like some over 28,000 uh, tweets. Like how did that whole thing, like walk us Start. through uh, what
2: happened. Yes. I think it's like started a little bit, okay, so like back in March is when I was sort of like red-pilled, so to speak, and like, it's when you connect the dots on the, on the media, being super liberal and lying to everybody, and you learn about the deep state, and you learn about the entertainment industry in Hollywood, and now it's all, you know, connecting the dots on a lot of things about how the world really works and uh so that was in march and then you know which is the beginning of like the quarantine the lockdown and so now i'm left with nothing but time and nothing but internet and i'm researching all these things i'm watching like fall the cabal fall the cabal out of shadows like all these documentaries learning about fucking pedophile rings and stuff and then People were mentioning like, oh, Chrissy Teigen had some of these like sketchy tweets, like some people had screenshots, like uh, where she was commenting on toddlers and TRs from years exactly. back. And these were like in the early years of Twitter. Twitter started in 07. These tweets of hers were between like 09 and 2013.
0: And wasn't it like an, an insane amount of tweets too? Some like sixty. 000. It was.
2: So this is like how, yeah, this is how I discovered it. So we use this site called Social Blade to see if people have bought followers, to see Following follower trends, you know, up, down, whatever. And for some reason, we looked up Chrissy Teigen and she had a big red number in the media column and it said like negative almost 30,000. And I was like, holy shit. Like any of us, when we come through our feeds to delete shit that's bad or racist or whatever, it's like no one's ever deleting that many tweets. So that was really suspect. That was a big red flag. So I threw out this tweet like, Uh, some celebrities have been really busy since Ghislaine Maxwell was arrested. Chrissy Teigen, why did you delete 30,000 tweets? And then just went about my day, started recording another podcast. And then after, at the end of the podcast, uh, Frank was like, uh, she wrote back to you. And I was like, what? I was like, what is Chrissy Teigen doing? like, why would she respond to like little old unverified me? You know, like when you're verified, supposedly all your messages, you know, you can, there's an a thing you can click to only see like, right, the special people messages, the verified messages. So it's like, what is she doing digging around in the dumpster, you know, to look at my message. And so she wrote back to actually correct me that it was 60,000 tweets that she had deleted. And she's like, you know, you guys think you're detectives just because you see some tweets from years ago. I'm worried about my family. You guys are crazy. And then as soon as I did that, everybody came in with all of their tweets of hers they had saved over the years like creepy shit like not just stuff that you would read and you go all right like why would you joke about this even a comedian wouldn't you'd either make it way funny like obviously a joke or you just wouldn't talk about it because it's like sure you can joke about anything but like these were just straight up kind of icky tweets like oh i'm gonna God, it's like, like, I like seeing how, like, these girls, like, their bodies are, like, little and tight, and I'm gonna, um, Anthony Weiner this kid, and oh, now there's a boy on the show, some eye candy for me, and then Pizzagate stuff came out a couple years ago, like, with the whole, like, pedophilia terminology and how certain words correlate to different like little boy, little girl. It's like pizza, hot dog, cheese, walnut, you know, map means semen or whatever. Um, which was a code that came out with like the WikiLeaks. Um, I guess law enforcement knew, but like most people became aware of this code with the WikiLeaks. So and then some of these tweets included, Oh, I woke up with pizza on my chest. I love pizza. Brad bitch is handing me pizza. So it kind of was like a wink and a nod to this
0: What Pizzagate is pizza?
2: Culture thing. What? Pizza Gate? Yeah. You don't know what Pizzagate is? No. You guys uh, oh, know? God. No idea. Seriously? No. Wow. Oh, my God. I mean, that's a whole nother podcast <laughs> in and of itself. And uh, Pizzagate is basically so, have you guys heard of like Hillary Clinton having like 33,000 emails that she deleted? She of used course. a private yeah. server. Yes. So, among the emails that were deleted were um, pretty questionable emails in which it was obvious that she was talking in code, like between her, Obama, Podesta, like one such email was, um, you know, we're going to order $65,000 worth of hot dogs to the white house for like, whatever it is, 1am, 2am. Are we going to use the usual channels? So it's like, you read that email and you're like, Well, it's obvious they're not talking about hot dogs and because who's going to order $65,000 worth of hot dogs? Do you know what I mean? And uh, the response to the email was, oh, no, we shouldn't talk about this here. You know, this isn't the right space for it. So it's obvious it's talking in code. And then this sort of pedophile code came out and it links the White House and all the political elite with this international child trafficking ring, basically. Um, And then so many celebrities are involved, Ellen, Oprah, tom hanks like this is like the born identity it's a lot it's it's really a lot and and yeah there's there's theories that say you know the reason the real reason why ellen's show isn't coming back is because she's involved in all this you know it's not because of her producers you know are sexually harassing people like that's the excuse that they agreed on because the real reason is she's going to be tried for crimes against humanity or whatever and then it gets into like hillary clinton is uh, is really involved in this stuff too there's supposedly a video called frazzle drip where she cuts off a girl's face and fucking wears it on her face as part of like a Mm. satanic ritual in the woods um her assistant huma abedin was involved with that huma was i think married to anthony Anthony and we all know what the kind of stuff that was on his laptop so It's all connected. And once you start picking up one crumb of it, you like go to the next one and the next one until soon. It's like, everything's kind of putting, coming together. And this was like, basically my whole summer was like realizing like the truth about all this. And so when I, when you see Chrissy Teigen tweeting like, oh, Brad Pitt just gave me pizza. I woke up with pizza on my chest. And then, you know, that a lot of these you know political elites and celebrities go to these i guess it's it's part of satanic culture i guess but it's called like the spirit cooking um either classes or events or whatever and then there's this lady marina abramovic who's you know she kind of runs these spirit cooking things and it's basically essentially like uh, glamorizing cannibalism uh and then that is kind of linked uh it's it's like it's like literally a whole web of shit you know um and that's why so it's not just pedophilia that's going on it's cannibalism it's and then it came out this was over quarantine that planned parenthood like legitimately guilty of selling baby parts uh like you know on the market like didn't deny it at all but it was very much underplayed by the media so
0: that's a surprise
2: so that links it links into like planned parenthood abortion why do they put more Planned Parenthoods in certain areas than others? It's like you it could go on and on and on, connecting all these dots, right? So uh, people would see these tweets of hers that, you know, folks were reposting and bringing up after years and going, "Oh shit, this is these are, this is kind of sketchy the way she's talking about these kids. It's more than just being a fan of toddlers and T.R.s. Like this is a little bit much, you know. It's like almost like you'd read these tweets and go, "I wouldn't want this woman like babysitting my kids." Um, so, and also, it's also very telling, like, why would you delete 60,000 tweets? To me, that's like, you're making a huge overcorrection. She had a team or a bot or whatever. It's just, she said, hey, okay, we're just going to delete. Since all, all these people have these receipts, let's just go ahead and delete anything that has pizza, toddler, little girl, little boy. First
0: of all, no. the, 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 the fact that she had the time to, to make 60,000 tweets and then delete them, that, that had to be jarring. Now, this whole thing, I mean, I remember when you posted the original post and then with really within a few hours this thing went viral and national
2: yeah, because like that PizzaGate has kind of been in the like the, the conversation for a good two years now, this, or more, this than really that, more than that, more than that.
0: This really brought it to the forefront.
2: Yeah, because Chrissy Teigen is a self-proclaimed mayor of Twitter and the 60,000 tweets she deleted, that was only a third of her total tweets. So she's constantly tweeting. She's also the queen of canceling. She loves to cancel people, other companies. She came out really hard against Goya. Um, so the fact that this came back to like bite her in the ass is like a kind of karma, you know? So the that whole story is like, so she, she complained to Twitter. She was like, I might have to leave Twitter if Twitter doesn't do something about this actually scary harassment I'm getting. Apparently she's getting so harassed by all these Q people, which Q people are not violent. They're just like seeking the truth. They just want to lift the veil, you know, and and see what's really going on in the she's world. She's afraid
0: of being exposed.
2: She's afraid of being exposed. She obviously is trying to cover some shit up to delete that many tweets. Everybody came out with receipts and icky stuff that she'd written over the years. And then she uh, sort of famously blocked 1 million people in her attempt to, you know, stop having people, <laughs> I guess, message her or tweet at her. And then she had her PR people put that out in all like, the magazines and all the online news sources like oh Chrissy Teigen's afraid for her family um she you know it it was this big everyone you know oh it's QAnon it's their fault so Twitter comes out so hard against QAnon like the next day or two deleted thousands of accounts associated with like conspiracy theorist people you know QAnon people a friend of mine Tommy G's account was deleted he had 250,000 followers um it's like, they'll be so quick on that. Like they will lick her ass because she's a celebrity, but they will let literal child porn, like be on Twitter. Like, like no big deal at all. Like they, they're slow as fuck to take down child porn accounts. And this, this happened also, like, you know, maybe last month or so I was like reporting this one account. I was like, Guys, got to report this account there's literal child porn on here and you'd like open it and you'd be like holy shit i used to think you had to go to like the deep dark web to see this shit and here it is it's in all of our pockets it's on twitter and it took twitter like four hours to even acknowledge that i had sent a report of this account and i was like wow twitter like it took you four hours like thank god you guys aren't emts um so finally, they end up deleting that account. And then it's all the while this is happening, people are sending me more and more accounts because people are on the lookout too. And they kind of send things my way thinking that I you know, can help take it down. So in the process, I too was suspended <laughs> for child porn. And I'm like, you guys, I can't believe that Twitter is not smart enough to discern between the people who are like creating and distributing this shit and then the people who are trying to bring it down and fight against it. Uh, all of, so then all, all of then, social
0: media has been exposed as being sketchy.
2: Oh, for sure. And it, Project Veritas did this big uh, expose on Facebook where it showed that their content moderators were specifically deleting posts of conservatives and anything that had to do with pro-Trump and like gladly doing it happily. Like, ah, oh, these guys are scum, you know, huge well, they also did that great bias.
0: They also did that great expose on uh, CNN where uh, they, they caught uh one I forgot who who the uh the guy in c n n was but saying that they're only gonna uh talk trump you know from now until the election that's all they're doing it's, oh, all, yeah. it's, all, it's all trump twenty four
2: seven it's crazy um, and our and our media yeah. has encouraged the riots like straight up like it's telling people to punch people in the face. Like they're, they're absolutely not neutral. Like they're definitely not con, you know, condemning it. They're totally saying it's going to keep going. Kamala, everybody, everybody's like pro It They went back chaos. even further than
0: that, Chrissy, because they gave a, a voice and credibility to Maxine Waters. And oh God. She, she, was yeah. like, she was like one of the first ones to start this bullshit. And remember uh, they harassed, um, uh, who was the, the original pr- uh, press secretary? Oh, uh, Huckabee, uh, yeah, yeah, Sarah yeah Huckabee. remember yeah.
2: that, oh yeah, yeah, it's crazy, so, so, I didn't really know that Chrissy Deegan, like i I know it's been you know, people have seen her name on flight logs. i there is a flight log that I've seen her name, her and job Ledger's on the flight logs or the flight logs of Jeffrey Epstein's Island. Right, right. like they'd take the plane, his plane, the Lolita Express to Little St. James or Little St. Jeffrey. That was his, like, island where he would have, like, legit have 12-year-old girls flown in to, from France, like, straight up, like, Prince Andrew was seen there, frequent the island. Bill Clinton himself went 26 times to this island, like, for real implicated, straight up, like, actual pedophiles, you know? Like, there's no... At this point, it would be really hard to disprove it. Yet, yet Clinton still gets to pe- speak at the DNC, and no one seems to be making a huge fuss of it, but I think they're trying to just keep Ghislaine alive.
0: Because people are cattle. Yeah,
2: okay? yeah, and people, they'll follow whatever the media that, tells right. them.
0: Everyone gets their opinions from either memes or periphery headline reading. Nobody really like reads in depth anymore. Because uh, oh, yeah. we just simply don't have the uh, patience for it. But we yeah. also have another guest with us. We have uh, Johnny Benson. Hey Johnny. What's happening? Uh, what kind of craft beer do you like?
2: Man, all of it is subject all of it
0: cuz johnny has a podcast about beer and we had florentine on last week and uh we're all kind of in agreement how much we hate craft beer and anything with fruit in it
3: when we started the podcast we were like anti IPA and then all of a sudden we tasted so many different kinds and we's yeah, we got into it we started getting hooked on all the different beers but uh uh, I don't know. We really like a brewery in uh, Brewster, New York called Bull and Barrel. I don't know if that's uh, close to you guys or not, but yeah, um, we were there Saturday, and oh, it was a blast, man. They 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 make <laughs> now they they have fruit and beer, but it's not it, it's drinkable. You know they they do a blue honey what kind beer. of
0: what kind of fruit is in that beer?
3: There's a blueberry honey beer, and they Ooh. do a coconut cream ale that tastes like okay. A drink of what the fuck? Come on, it's, John. It's like drinking dessert, man. It's so good. I, I don't know. I, That's I not like 5, it's not what beer uh, should be.
0: It's not know, what beer should be.
3: You know, now if I drink a Bud Light, it's like drinking a Poland Spring water. It just,
0: right? Nothing <laughs> hits me, you know. I need an IPA to punch me in the face so I could. Uh, so you know, we, we only have yeah. Chrissy not for a very long time. So, um, let's let's talk let's switch direction, no i'm you know,
2: good i moved my other thing okay so. cool i'm good so, till five yeah. but let's
0: talk a little bit of music before we go back to um to your life there chrissy because there's you have a lot of other interesting stuff going on too um but <laughs> your band is would you like to tell people who your band is
2: <sighs> okay fine um and i knew you guys were gonna judge it so this was like <laughs> uh really like my wasn't my favorite band for many years and it reminds me of like a time in my life where i i don't know i was like just moved out of my parents house i was like really independent and then they fucking broke up and i also love this band because i met them all they are like from brooklyn i was living in brooklyn at the time the name is the name of the band is called pearl and the Be Be pearl and the beard and they're all extremely extremely talented there's three of them you know, they all sing. One plays like professional, incredible cello. You know, Jeremy plays the guitar and Jocelyn McKenzie plays the drums, also keyboard, also sings. And they're like three of the most individually super talented people it came together. And like, I went to, I just, I saw them play. And I've also like, I've changed so much over the last few years. Like, I discovered them uh, at like a Planned Parenthood fundraiser or whatever, like they, you know, cause I was like super liberal a few years ago. Um, just fell in love with their sound right away um, and just bought all their albums and then they broke up like five years ago um, and I was like so heartbreaking like I was at this concert and then they announced like this is our last concert we're breaking up and I was like what the fuck and right at that time like their latest album just came out so it was like bittersweet and it's weird it's like I don't listen to them all the time but when a song of theirs like comes on I'm just like I go back to that place uh and that time in my life you know I just think they're super talented I'm really sad they broke up I feel like they they could have gotten a lot bigger.
1: How long do we know each other we know each other a few years right? Being
0: really patient on this one. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah yeah we, we know each other a long time right Chrissy I think so a couple years I mean like going back to like the Stonewall Inn when you were hosting those shows there and you know it's been it's been really like I'm one of those guys who likes to build up other comics I'm not like the the trasher like oh she got this show he got this show fuck her fuck him I'm not that kind of person uh, I have legit loved seeing all the success that you've gotten uh, as far as like your, your podcast, you know, uh, that's, that's, that's a great podcast, the Chrissy Mayer podcast and the Wet Spot you. show You've is done fantastic. It. You've done I've both. done both. Um, I mean, we've done shows together. I'm good friends with your boyfriend. He's an amazing dude. I like and, you're I about to say, and I just say to myself, like, you know, there's got to be something. There's got to be something wrong with
0: this band. Wow! Bundle.
2: I knew it. I knew this was coming. I could have sent any other fucking stream <laughs> band, but I took a risk and I gave you a piece of my heart, and I gave you. The
0: you I band. wish you would have taken fucking Janis.
1: Listen, I I give everybody the benefit of the doubt. We've had we had uh, Jared Fried on, and so, I had never heard of Saint Paul and the Broken Bones, so I'm like, okay, so <laughs> they were great. So I listened to them, and they were phenomenal. I real, I now I have all their music. I made it through 30 seconds.
2: What? Which, That's which not so, enough. What,
1: what song did you listen to? Uh, whatever the first one came up on iTunes. That's was it? pent.
2: Was it Pro-
0: Prodigal Daughter?
2: I could have sent you top that, songs. Was a, was that could
0: have prod- been it. See, that Prodigal could've Daughter was the only one. I, was, I, I made it through a little more than that. It was the only one that I kind of like, okay, I can stick Sweetness around for this a little bit. was the song. Oh, we'll get into that in a second. Okay, sweetness f- uh, fucking that awful. one but, sounds
2: like screaming in the middle but there's a lot of other really good
0: stuff. Uh, Wait th- th- there's one that particularly but at least Prodigal Daughter reminded me of the Indigo Girls it wasn't that awful the one that it was the, I tapped out after this I couldn't take vessel vessel was three people one playing a stand up bass a recorder and an acoustic guitar it was the most hipster shit i've ever heard <laughs> in my life it was it was like it was like this should be the 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 bed music the theme music of every show on npr radio okay did you hear uh, hot
2: volcano did you hear yeah, it Heads like, down yeah
0: sweetness is like like, man, we're going to play a, a concert, but we're going to do it in a soup kitchen, okay? And it's only going to be in Williamsburg. That is
2: why. <laughs> yeah, that is definitely that their is vibe. why this
0: band was. They
2: did well, a lot of songs on the subway, too. You
1: know, what confused, me, <laughs> what confused me was when we talked a couple months ago about having you on, you are like, yeah, I want to talk about Radiohead. So I'm like, all right, we Fine. can do Radiohead. But, you know, not my favorite band, but I appreciate what they've done for the music I thought
2: everyone would have picked them.
1: No,
0: nobody no one picked up. You and Jeff Lawrence are the only ones I would have ever picked Ugh, Radiohead.
2: God. So
1: I was like, all right, you know what? I know about seven or eight songs of them. I'll go. I'll go deep. I know there's some great records like you know, OK Computer and the Bends and stuff like that. I'll download them. I'll Good listen stuff. to them. I love those. And then uh you, you pulled this shit on me.
2: <laughs> you know, I just wanted to give you a, something unique, something you hadn't heard of before. Again, this very much speaks, speaks, speaks to the like the hipster time in my life, like the Williamsburg dwelling, glasses wearing. You Did know, congratulations. We're
1: episode twenty nine, and this is the first time we've ever bashed our guest.
3: Wow, <laughs> I've never heard of this band.
2: Well, don't, don't listen to the Beast album. It came out in twenty fifteen. God
0: damn it. Oh, that was the year that, that was the year that they broke up. That
2: they, was when broke they broke up, up. At the, and then this album came out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Did they break up because they realized
1: that like, they're fucking atrocious, or is it? They're not was there, like, atrocious.
2: They were. I don't know. They. Uh, there'd be so Their concerts would be packed. Where
0: I'd did be, you see them? Where we'd did be they be like play?
2: crying. Um. Oh God. The, uh. I think Rockwood Music Hall. Um, they didn't play at a some loft, of the, man. Some of the bigger. In the loft. They have loft, played at of a lot IPA, IPA um, beers? God, no, I mean, of course, there were IPA beers at their concerts. Um, yeah, man. They had, they had good merch. Man, I can't remember some of the bigger.
0: What, did they, did they sell pipes? Like corn, no, t-shirts, pipes?
2: you know, tote bags, records. You know, Actual records, no. Know.
1: Oh, do I? Oh, do wow. You actually got me to laugh. First so, time in 29 episodes. They're so hipster. They
2: they're are so, so hipster, so but they're hipster. very talented.
1: Yeah, but here's the thing, Chrissy. I like certain bands like that. Like, I love The Head and the Heart. Never heard of them. Oh, because they're actually a good band. Oh, um, wow. So I, I like, yeah, like, I like that kind of <laughs> stuff too,
0: but like, I don't know. Well, like, you, know what you, want? you don't hang out at The Creek in the Cave. Everyone at The Creek in the <laughs> Cave likes Pearl and the, uh, and the Beard.
2: boy.
1: Uh, listen, this, there's one good thing about um, well, comedy listen, kind of <laughs> being at a standstill right kind now is the fact that, you know, I could have potentially worked with Chrissy. There would have been a chance that me and her would have uh, carpooled down to a show and that there was yeah. a chance that this may have come on the radio. So thank God comedy's
0: dead. <laughs>
2: Not the radio. I would have put it on my Spotify. I would have made it come on. There's no I...
0: way. There's no station playing this music. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Here they are, if you guys just need a visual Here they are all wearing the same sweater
0: Ugh Does anyone have bleach (laughs) for my eyes right now? (laughs) (laughs) Guys Because I I can't unsee that Uh,
1: Well it just goes to show that when you see somebody And you're friends with them And you think wow they really have their shit together And uh, (laughs) they're a great comic And a great radio host
2: Look at that, 21,000 listeners a month Yeah Yeah, so do we, what does that say?
0: (laughs) I'm sure they're all Trump supporters
1: Sean
3: you I got a Burt and Ernie sweater like that
0: or what Oh dude let me tell you I, I
1: actually might go out and buy a sweater like that
2: <laughs>
1: I really might And then I'm going to gonna, wear, I'm gonna uh... get one of those uh, pink pussy hats To put on top of it too yeah,
2: and Wait go should to I a play r- a little bit rally? of a song for the people
1: You know what we'll all be quiet For 30 seconds <laughs> Yeah, pick something that we
0: haven't
2: okay, spoken okay, about okay. yet, one, okay. one of the songs. Uh, Pick your
0: favorite. Well, here's the thing there. is
2: that yeah. it's Spotify, so it's going to be random because I don't have Spotify oh, Premium. Excuses already. Because of the budget. Um, so let's try this. <gasps> oh, right, YouTube. Oh, no, this is not the one I want.
0: <laughs> Boy, that was off to a great start.
2: Oh, God, I don't know if this is what I want. This sounds very hipstery. <laughs> I that's a bad example. Oh, this one's a little bit like, downbeat. God damn it!
0: <laughs> You're not helping yourself, huh? Yeah, you are not making a case for Just, come on, find, find your song. What, what's like the- My what,
2: song? What would be the big like,
0: encore song that they would do? I
2: like, like Hot what's Volcano. what's that stairway to Oh, good question. Yeah. Um, Hot Volcano is good. Yeah, Devil play ha- Hot Volcano. Okay, God, let me pull up a mic. Yeah, let's hear
1: some Is that originally volcano. called hot garbage and they just changed it? And then we hot and then
2: volcano. We're gonna... No, it has sexual undertones.
1: Hold on. I got my I got it right here. I got it right here. Hold on. You
0: have hot volcano, Sean? Yeah, hold on. And then and, and then we'll Take get into it. to the
2: old volcano. Tie me, up. Scoot me out of Hold me down. Give it time. Wait, wait, wait. You know what wait, I think of when coming. I hear that
1: song? <laughs> I think of like a girl trying to do burlesque and she has hairy armpits.
2: Oh my Ooh. god, that's literally what everybody looks like who <laughs> listens to the band. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was about that life. I mean, I did. I think I did, I did burlesque. I did burlesque once, but that but. wasn't
0: that wasn't that bad. That song. That, that, Thank you. It, that one yeah. was, it wasn't that, come on, Sean. Out of all the other stuff that they've played, that one isn't too bad.
2: Isn't I'm, I'm not
0: putting one. it on my playlist, but it wasn't that terrible.
2: Doesn't it sound like we're playing at a bar where there's sand on the ground?
0: Sounds like a, where they should be putting glass on the ground.
2: Oh.
1: It's not that the soundtrack to every bad like 2008 indie film.
2: Well, actually, you know what? Like, I just found this out today because I was uh, checking the Instagram accounts of the of the former band members, and like, so here's where I'm probably gonna lose. Like, I'm sure I've lost a lot of respect already from the listeners, <laughs> but here is where I'm gonna go ahead and say, like, the respect uh, nail in the coffin, so to speak. So, they have a song called. Um, Hold on, no, because I have to show you the post, because Emily, Emily. Johnny, do you
0: like the music so far?
2: That's not bad, that's not
3: bad, I don't <sighs> know if I've heard the worst though, you know?
2: So I found out, so they have a song called Douglas, and I'm looking at the uh, Instagram see, uh, account. I, I heard Douglas. It, w- it was, it was uh, uh, a certain, someone used uh, their song for their fucking outro for their Netflix special. Of course. As soon as of I saw course. this, I was like, there you no. go.
0: There you oh. go. All right, Chrissy. it's very nice seeing you. Uh, that is <laughs> this horror. is the
2: musical equivalent of Hannah Gatsby. Oh. It exactly. broke my heart. Exactly. My
0: heart. It, you, you just <gasps> summed it up perfectly. That, that Exactly. That should be the soundtrack. Like this band is the soundtrack of Hannah Gatsby. I'm really while
1: Johnny's band is one of the soundtracks of my
0: youth. Right <laughs> <Great laughs> band. Better band than I thought they were going to be. Johnny, you want to tell us who your band was? Yeah, you know, I picked this band because I was thinking of the two
3: bands I've seen the most in concert. One of them was Corn that I didn't pick. The other one is
0: Huey Lewis and the News. So, so random, dude. Holy shit. Corn and then Lou, Huey Lewis and the News. You can't get on op- more opposite ends of the spectrum. So why are Huey Lewis and the News? Uh, Because I'm an 80s uh, MTV kid growing up.
3: My mom was a would have it on MTV on all the time, and we grew up on whatever was played there—Phil Collins, Cyndi Lauper, and all that. And Huey was '80s cool, man. He was absolutely—he was a rock star. That uh, uh, Bobcat Goldthwait had the joke that when you see Huey Lewis in the mall, you don't say, "Hey, is that the number one rock star in America?" You say, "No, that's a friend of my dad's." But he had that cool—he had that uh, the T-shirt underneath the blazer, sunglasses halfway down. Always had hot chicks with him. He was cool, man. And then Back
0: to the Future was a big help. It yeah. was a big help. Um, but y- when you talk about the 80s, man, you have to include Huey Lewis in the news because they have two of the biggest albums of all old, of old times in the 80s. Sports, which is the, you know, the, they had already gotten big before that with Picture This. It had two hits on it. You know, Working yeah. for a Living. Uh, do You Believe in Love. love. Yeah. But then all of a sudden, Sports comes out. And- yeah, I want a new drug. Come on. Ray want- Parker Jr. tried to steal the jam and do Ghostbusters. Yeah, that's right. And he was you like, now' so no, so calling the lawyer. Yeah, uh, they, the heart of rock and roll, heart and soul, If this is it. I mean, it's big, and then he's touring like crazy. He's on everything. He does, like you said, uh, uh, Back to the Future, Power of Love, and Back in Time became big hits. And then follows it up in 86 with 4, oh, which was yeah. which had probably my favorite song by them. Uh, like the, the, uh, Bruce, yeah, the Bruce Hornsby-inspired song, man. That's a great—how'd you know that? Oh, it's my favorite, too. That's a great, great song, and I also like "Stuck with You." I think it's a very sweet song. Another one of my favorites from uh, sports is uh,
3: the song you did about the Vietnam vets. Why can't I think of the name? "Walking on a Thin Line."
0: Oh, that's a good song. Yeah, that's a very yeah. good song.
1: Yeah. Chris, born, were you born in the
0: eighties? No, Chris is. Chris is tuned out. <laughs> no, he I was.
2: I was born. <laughs> I was. I was trying to be respectful. Um, yeah, I was born. I was born in the eighties.
3: Okay. Chris, are you a big fan of Huey or what?
2: I've heard of them. <laughs>
3: Jesus Christ. <laughs> that's the problem, man. Making me feel old. You know what
1: it was? Because they played like Madison Square Garden in the 80s. You know, they didn't play, you know, the fucking knitting factory in Brooklyn in the basement. Yeah,
2: they played the knitting factory. A no, bunch. No, 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 no. <laughs> Pearl
0: Pearl and the and, and the beard doesn't play the knitting factory. That's way, that's way they too have. popular. For they
2: them. for sure did. Oh, yeah. did they? Yeah. Okay.
0: And then they sold out because they would usually like they'd play like a sewer, okay? And it would only be like a like a three a.m. show, and then you have to have like a code, and you would have to again, you would have to wear like a cane and like like like, like a pie cat.
1: All right, you're stretching it, in. Jeff. You're definitely stretching.
0: It's showing
3: sure, you know every cliche. Huey, in there. Huey was known for having comedians open up. Mm. Uh, yeah, I, of didn't know that. yeah I did an opening band. I I've that. never
0: that. seen. It. Who did you, where did you uh, see him? And, and what comics did you see open from? Uh, I don't remember the name of the first
3: time I saw the comedian open up for him, but it was 1985. I was one row away from the ceiling in the New Haven Coliseum. Wow. And he had a guy with a guitar that was a comedian. And then the next time I seen him at uh, Wallingford at Oakdale, Billy Wynn was the opener. Oh, okay. I know Billy. Billy Wynn, yep. Very cool. uh, Then uh, in the 2000 area, when uh, bands started to do Voltron together, I saw them with Chicago a couple of times. That's and, a good double bill. Uh, double bill. So
1: half of it's good.
3: Uh, <laughs> you don't like Chicago, huh? No. Whole, so much horns in one show. Huh? Was, oh, yeah, it's uh, uh, that's great. That's
0: a great. I love. That, you don't know what he's talking about. That's a great double bill. I can't believe that uh Huey Lewis is seventy years old now.
3: Yeah, you know what? Else? He's also known. Uh, I rumor, he's got the Milton Burl rumor. Yeah, you
1: know, I've yeah, I've heard oh, that too. Yeah, really? I've
3: heard that. uh yeah, one of the longest schlongs in rock and roll. He's playing with a Tommy Lee drumstick. <laughs> Couldn't even get Chrissy awake on that one. Come
2: on. I'm awake. Uh,
0: hey. And then everyone forgets he he was a part of um, um, We Are the World. Yeah, also oh, yeah. turned
3: turned down Live Aid because he thought the money wasn't going in the right spot. A gangster move there. That was a
0: total yeah, rock star move. Yeah, when you look at them. Like, he doesn't look like a rock star. He, you know, he never looked, he, he, he never appeared young. You know, he never, like, but he just was, like you said, he was just like, cool. The music was really good. And, you know, he, I, 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 I had forgotten about some of these songs. So when you saw him in concert, he probably had like a great, great set list where it was like one hit right after the other. Every show, they bust into
3: some acapella, get all
0: the bands off the instruments, and
3: they come down and sing an acapella song, maybe two or three.
1: Were they wearing matching sweaters when they did that? Wow.
0: No, but they should.
2: One sweater. <laughs> One sweater.
0: <laughs> was there ever a time when the audience didn't applaud and they just snapped their fingers? Was that, that a thing? No, no.
3: I mean, I, most Huey crowds are pretty much, they're, they're into the show. Oh, Even then, no. the last show I went, I think maybe four years ago, he's probably, what, 70 years old. <laughs> and How did he I sound? Was, he sounded amazing. The band was great. But the uh, whole, I was in the fourth row, and the whole first six rows were all, like, could have been handicapped seats, because it was all mm. 60s Ooh. and up, you know? <laughs> so you see him a bunch
0: of times. The there. That's You know, Sean, Sean and I uh, are big fans of uh, covers. Have you ever heard him, uh, did you do any covers when you saw him? i never seen him live. He does,
3: like, the old school, uh, he has a whole album of, I think I wrote that down somewhere. I was taking notes. He does a whole album of, like, kind of, like, uh, Of I think, has, yeah, do, I think he has a doo wop yeah. album out. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it, you know, there's, I, I, I can't sing. So I, I can't think of any of the names of the songs, but a lot of that 50s, 60s stuff, you know,
0: he does. Nothing really stands out. But Hey, guys, uh, quick question for the two of you. What's the worst, you know, and, and it could come from, from one of the bands we talked about, but what's the worst song ly- lyric you ever heard? Oh, geez. Take a guess mm. on this show and what, what, or what The worst
1: song lyric ever?
0: Yeah.
2: I can tell you the best song lyric I just heard, like the other day I was running, and I've been like, it's weird. I like came down a little bit hard on Cardi B's WAP, like the latest one, like the Wet Ass Pussy song, because I'm like, I feel like the lyrics are pornographic. But I was listening to like Cardi B more and more, uh, like on my run the other day, and uh, there was this lyric where she said like, um, It made me laugh so hard. It was like uh, my pussy so good that I yell out my own name in bed. I was like, that's fucking great. (laughs) That
1: is pretty good. That that,
2: that That sounds like I was like, I I I actually really like that. It's like.
1: I found (laughs) that to watch Cardi B, it's so much better if you just put it on mute. The second that you catch her on television.
2: It's good to listen to her and not remember that she's like a mother. I don't know. I mean, I sound judgy, but like. Or like the
1: fucking census commercial in
0: New York
2: we don't need to see her interviewing joe biden it's like uh just like oh my
0: god how, yeah. how, how 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 insane was that interview how first of all and how unauthentic was that interview
2: um i actually um didn't watch the whole thing but it's like it's it's so superficial like they're just doing it to like try to like sop up some of the voters that just know and love cardi b and that's it like they're just trying to get it's it's like a it was a sad desperate move
1: i keep thinking like to like the, the old days of like walter cronkite you know what i mean or dan rather who were like really respected like you know news people and, like now I'm, now i'm hearing like the potential next president of the united states being interviewed by a girl who sings about her her ass getting eaten <laughs>
2: yeah
0: it's just it's just not right if you go down the connie b wormhole which I did this week. Oh um, God! I'll well, I, I had to watch, uh, you know, uh, the lab video and I, I watched a couple of things. And she there's a video of her. She's talking about how she was wiping her ass, and because of her fingernails, she cut her ass. Ooh.
2: <laughs> yeah, her nails are like she has such long, crazy nails. And I'm like, that's all fun and good until you have to take the contact lens out, and you're like fucking stab yourself in the eye. Yeah, and also there's so much bacteria that's collecting under there all the time. It's just Ugh. like everything, even like dead skin off your just regular body, you talk about and then you're like butt and you know, cuss and all that. I,
0: stuff. I do like on uh, on the social media now. Um I think she was a guest on your show, Chrissy. Did you, um did you have a uh, Tina Forte on?
2: Yes, I love Tina.
0: She she's do you know who she is, guys? No. Mm.
2: She's like, she went viral a couple months ago because of her rants, like she just started ranting. She loves Trump, oh, yes, yes, she yes, hates yes, de Blasio, hates Cuomo, hates Pelosi, and she just like doesn't mince words. She's like, she's like, Trump 2020, motherfucker. And she, but she's so funny and relatable and like, you know, she's so very fun. Bronx, very New York, but also like, you know, people le- like love her, relate to her. She's, you know, disarming.
1: Yeah, I think that's the one Terry McNeely fell in love with. He's reposting was, all her
2: stuff she, too. She, oh yeah, she's cute. She's very cute. She's fifty. She's in great shape. Uh, she's beautiful, but she's, she's tiny. She, she's like five two or five three. She's Wait, like she's fifty. Yeah, yeah, she looks oh, fucking she don't amazing. Look fifty at all. She got invited to like the latest um, Trump boat party thing. Um, so she's like, she's you know, she's uh she's getting to meet people. She's doing it, and she and myself are going to be part of uh the compound media election coverage, uh, in a couple months. So I know that's like coming Very together. Cool. Yeah. It should
1: be interesting.
2: She's a blast. She's the best.
1: Now that you, now that you work for, uh, the great, uh, you know, Anthony Cumia's network, what, in your, uh, in your humble opinion, is it a landslide win for Donald Trump this year?
2: Um, God, it's, I think so, but I'm just worried about like the fake votes that are gonna come in, or like the uh, like the mail-in ballots that can be like really easily falsified, and like Mm -hmm. the fact that you can vote multiple times because of it. But you know, it doesn't seem Trump is like super, super overly worried about it. Like when he speaks, so the more I talk to people, they're like, "All right, well, just take your cues from him. If he's not over, I mean, he's also like a lot smarter than people." give him credit for and i think I he's just making a lot of moves and you know maybe not necessarily talking about everything um so gosh i don't know yeah i'm a little concerned
1: the yeah. first the first debate- i heard that um there are seven models that they've predicted the last like 12 elections and they've got them all right and all seven models are predicting that he's going to get reelected.
2: Oh, wow. I mean, but then you have Hillary saying that under no circumstances should Biden concede the election. And Why? That, so Why? I don't know. She's just I, well,
0: what, What's the it basis makes you think
2: that? something nefarious is up. It makes you think that they're With like Hillary? plotting I mean, something. Of course.
0: But yeah, the, she's the, gross. the first debate is coming up at the end of this month. Yeah, I just hope that it's going to be live. And not like via Zoom that they're in the same place because there's plenty of ways to socially distance that. Because I want to see how lucid this guy is and if he can think on his mm-hmm. feet. And I think I think that the debates more than the conventions will sway the election and this or the swing states yeah i've heard people say
2: it's a possibility that like he will come down with covid right before the debate I, and that, that i was will get just him out. going
0: to say
1: that my friend sent that to me today Whoa. that biden's gonna mysteriously come down with covid
0: on on september 25th it's
2: fucking whack wow
0: yeah it would be pretty transparent though you think I, I, th- I think people will see through that i think they're what do you guys guys think about is you know this um you keep hearing about this silent uh majority how big how big do you think that is i think it's big
2: about seven inches i think it's about (laughs) seven inches yeah
0: (laughs) and of of course we we had it we had to bring it back to sex a little bit Chris, you you interview a lot of these porn stars right
2: yeah yeah they're good people um, my podcast, it's a good mixture of like, yeah, libertarians, porn stars, conspiracy theory people. We just had Alejandro Rojas on, who's a big UFO guy, talking about uh, everything that came out recently and like the latest Senate intelligence report and like the the news that's coming out now. Like, oh, like all these, you know, sh- ships not made on this earth and all that shit. And uh, just talking about aliens and stuff and possibilities there. So try to cover like a wide a wide selection of people, but yeah, like some of the biggest, I guess, porn stars I've had on my podcast, like Nikki Delano is pretty big. Jaden Cole, um, Al, uh, Alex Cole is coming out Friday. I um, did I did
0: it in yeah. one of your shows with with, uh, she I think she's pretty popular. Do you remember which one it was? It was the one we were doing the we were talking about the the countdown. It was a, the contest, almost like the March Madness thing.
2: Oh gosh, yeah, I. Don't she remember. had blonde hair.
0: She was pretty, she was smart.
2: like, she was pretty smart. Randy James?
1: No, no. I don't know. Yeah. Chrissy, Chrissy booked me with a transgender porn star, and I was annoyed because her dick was bigger than mine.
2: <laughs> you know, just, I didn't want to judge. I don't want to judge your sexuality or make a guess. I just sort of put things out there, you know?
1: Yeah, and I had my hand on Mikey Figgs' ass that day, so that <laughs>
2: the highlight you know. of my life. Well, you got something there.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, listen, I think this was, uh, interesting episode Mm.
2: (laughs) sorry my band let let everybody down
3: no your band made the show i'm gonna check that band (laughs) out man i'm checking
2: that band out you know now that i go back and listen to them like i i don't like them as much as i used to but i loved (laughs) them you know
1: since four o'clock. I, I just
2: I was in a different place, you know.
1: I get that. There's there's certain bands that it's like you like an old
2: boyfriend. It's like, oh yeah,
1: I, I completely get that. There's bands that you have guilty pleasures with and that you love and that remind you of a certain time and, and you know, uh you know, things that were going on in your life, whether it was a boyfriend or whatever like that. But you know, normally those bands are good. And
2: uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> now I find myself liking one, you know what I mean? Like Spotify mixes and say, you know, saving. I like the song. So like the mix of songs I really like, it's like rarely are, are they more than one song by the same band? Like I really love David Guetta. I really love S- uh, Sia. Like while I'll listen mm-hmm. to like multiple songs by them, sure. but usually it's just like one off.
0: I just listened to titanium by the two of them.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. It hypes you up.
0: Oh, uh, that's great. Yeah. You don't like that, Sean? That's a great song. As every week song. goes
1: by, I hate you more and more. <laughs> <or another. laughs>
0: I like Titanium. It's a uh, great song. I have go- I have gone spent hours listening to different versions of that song.
1: Yeah. Well, all right. Yeah. I don't have much of a I'm doing thing. comedy, but whatever. Oh. Anyway, Wait, where are you doing comedy? <laughs> uh this Saturday in Thompson Connecticut. No, okay. Um <laughs> Yeah, listen, we got to get back on the road soon, and it's happening. St- places are opening up. I've just found out this week that another club that I performed that is now open. So, you know, I'm sure they're going to have 14,000 comics bombarding their uh, emails like, with the veils and stuff like that. But, look, Chrissy's doing a great job with the podcast and her radio show, and Johnny's back in the groove. putting on He puts on great shows in Connecticut for a lot of fun. They're always sold out. So uh, we're, we're finally hitting the upswing, I think
0: i agree with you before we leave that's that's a question i want to ask the two of you what do you guys think about you know the industry now is is it coming back what like what what do you see that's on horizon
2: hmm, let's see maybe less weird by spring i think i think people are just gonna keep being weird it's gonna be like very weird through the election and then people who are worried and brainwashed about the virus there's at this point nothing's going to help those people cuz it's been months of of like being scared and being fed scary shit from the media so it's going to be hard to like snap those people out of it um there's a the i think the middle is getting bigger of people who are learning more and realizing this was this is a pandemic and it's bullshit and overblown and 99% survivable and i think those people are the middle is getting bigger right it's like the silent majority it's kind of putting together everything um and then there's like the small group of people who who just you know i guess i don't know like never give a shit about anything but i feel like that's a small small group but in terms of like and then that's the thing it's tricky because like the business owners were really are really just uh, you know at the mercy of whoever's running their state and and it seems if it's run more by like democratic people it's going to be held out longer and longer and shit's going to be locked down for longer and they're more likely to lose their business so it's really sad like you know you could want to open you could do everything right um Like I was talking to Gnome from the Comedy Cellar, the the Vegas location, he thinks is probably gonna have to close down, which is really fucking sad. And and he's like, "Oh, I just wanna, I just wanna keep New York open. I bought all this like plexiglass and shit, and I we can't even open. Like we're doing what we can, but it's there's always something new. There's always a new rule, and then people are trying to shit on the outdoor shows. So it's like there was another rally
0: today over at Governor's.
2: Oh wow, that's good.
0: uh, uh, (laughs) Anthony Cumia was was speaking. Hmm.
2: Wow, cool, cool.
0: What do you think, Johnny?
3: Things are getting a little better out here. You know, some of the comedy clubs are open. The Stress Factory opened up. Uh, there's been comedy going on at Mohegan Sun, and you know, you know, the shows I do, we're doing a little outside stuff until we could uh, get everybody back inside. But I have, I'm hopeful things will get back to normal, and hopefully, comedy will make a big comeback, and I'll get to quit working for DoorDash on the side.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. <laughs> Like, um, where can people find you guys? Let's, uh, we'll we'll, we'll go with uh, Chrissy and then uh, John.
2: Yeah, find me everything, all social media at Chrissy Mayer C H R I S S I E M A Y R. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Parler is a really great new app that you should oh, get on Parler, if you're yeah. not already. It's like Twitter, but actually free speech and uh, no censorship and no bullshit. So, um, it'll be exciting to see the growth with that app, uh, tick tock, but fuck tick tock. Um, and then check out the wet spot on compound media every Monday at seven thirty. the Chrissy Mayer podcast on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify, SoundCloud. And then I do a ne- uh, never have I ever like group zoom show that comes out Saturday nights on YouTube.
0: Awesome. And how about you, Johnny?
3: I'll be dropping off a double whopper with cheese at the Cortland Marriott in Orange, Connecticut in about ten minutes. But other than that, check out Beer Man Beer Podcast. Uh, we we talk comedy, concerts, and beer. A lot of not so much comedy or concerts lately because nothing's been going on. But a whole lot of beer. We've had some big, big stars like Sean Morton and uh, a lady you who him? won. Uh, it, was, it was tough, uh, gotcha. but we we also had a lady who won a bunch of money on Pressure Luck. But other than that, it's um just just. Just stand-up comics and uh, drunks.
0: That sounds cool. And Sean, parting words. I used to love Chrissy. Oh wow! Really? The the, the band turned you off that much to Chrissy? no nah, she's
1: she's a, dear, she's a dear friend, and like I said, <laughs> we all have our we all have our faults. You know,
3: <laughs> Chrissy, I'm going to try your band out. I'm going to put some. Oh my god! I'm going gonna...
2: to give it a shot. All right, be careful though. <laughs>
0: Listen, we really appreciate the two of you coming on and giving us your time. We, you know, we do. This oh, great time! Thank you this very is much. Appreciate it. All right, guys, we will be back next week with another exciting uh, episode. And with that, stay safe and uh, subscribe, follow us, please. You know, yeah. keep on numbers up. Thank oh, you. Oh yeah. Later. Take care.